12-pack radio. Get excited, y'all. Welcome back, everyone, to 12-pack radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news and the home of the beta rank college football statistical model. It's all corrupt, Rob. It's all corrupt. The regime, everything. Alabama gets into the stupid playoff. I'm, I'm not bitter because I had... Yeah, I'm not bitter that I because I had a 25 to one ticket on Florida State that I made literally last year when we were in Vegas. Uh, not not bitter at all about that. This is in no way personal. <laughs> but but I had 20 to one Texas on one side of the the bracket and 25 to one Florida State on the other side. Hedge that out. That's a lot of money that I just lost. Um, how are you, man? We we had a we had the Pac-12 championship. We have bowls coming in. We got. We got uh, uh, Dylan Gabriel to Oregon. We got a USC defensive coordinator. There's a lot to cover. What's up, man? There is a lot to cover. I mean, there's been uh, there's there's been many happenings in the in the Pac-12 since. I mean, and today, I mean, today, Oregon State and Washington State held up sixty million dollars uh, in midseason payments to the other schools. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! Stick it to the man. <laughs> so, yeah. There's a lot. So there's that's there's much that happened. I totally missed that today. So what happened? That what, just this, happened. This sounds delicious. Yeah. So like it's uh, <clears throat> they basically put pause on midseason midseason payments out to the the other Pac-12 schools. Um, and I'm just like, I mean, they're already appealing, I believe, to the Washington State Supreme Court. So this is going to be a fun ride, I think, for that. I mean, and I don't know. I mean, like, <clears throat> I think technically they are able to per the last ruling they're the you know sort of the deciding body just Oregon State and Washington State um but that is of course currently on appeal and we'll see how that shakes out i mean they based on based on the reading of the rules as they are written they're in the wrong based on the way that everyone has applied the rules which is also for super important they're they're right <laughs> which is <laughs> like, you can't just be like people there are a bunch of there are a bunch of like yeah, for lack of a better way to put it, like very hateful little Oregon and Washington fans that are like really mad. For, I mean, at Oregon State and Washington State for this, and they're like, you know, like if you look at the rules, and I'm like, yeah, but what happened was is when USC and UCLA said they were going to the Big Ten, they were basically deprived of any voting going forward, as was Colorado. <laughs> so, like the way things have happened in practice, so it also matters. Like, uh, so we'll see how it, it shakes out. But it'll be, I think that one. My expectation is they're not going to be able to just sit on like everybody's money for the rest of the seat. Like, keep all of like the I think it's estimated like four hundred million. They're not going to be able to keep all that. But sit on it as long as you can. Like, yeah. you know, take a bath in it. You know, throw it, which is probably extremely dirty. So actually, don't do that. Like, very much don't do that. <laughs> but you know, do other things with it. You know, throw it around like each other. You know, like a, like a Montgomery Burns and Smithers, where they're yeah. just throwing the cash at each other. You know, to take take full advantage of the moment. Now, that's that's really interesting, and we'll definitely keep a look at that. It looks more and more, Rob. That um, I mean, in this, I think we pretty much anticipated this happening, but it looks more and more like Oregon state and Washington state are going to form some sort of mountain West, right? They already have the scheduling down, yeah. um, or they're, they're in negotiations for, for scheduling, which makes sense. It's really sad. And we're starting to see, 
you know, some of the fallout from this. I mean, the Oregon State team has basically fallen apart. The coaching staff leaves yep. to go to Michigan State. You're seeing a bunch of players in the transfer portal. Uh, Adian Childs is in the transfer portal, and that was kind of the future of Oregon State uh, in terms of the quarterback position. I'm curious to see what players transfer in. Yeah. Because Jonathan Smith was was a really a big sell for that program. Great coach, good offensive system. He's bringing, I believe, Mahalchek with him. Good offensive line that's going to protect you. And now you have uh, an unproven defensive coordinator who, to be frank, has done a really good job the last two years with Oregon State. But who knows if he's an actual head coach? And who knows if that yeah. you know that defense is going to stick together? I it, it's really rough. I've been really sad watching the Oregon State. No, play. no, it's really just. Dis- I mean, it's really disappointing for both of these schools. I think to be you know so much on the outside looking in, right? Um, and for the, I mean, like you know, Bray has been a terrific DC whether that translates into being a head coach is, is, is always a question, right? Like it's a different skill set. Um, and I don't know, like his first hire, I was surprised at, like he went and hired. Now you hire often hire people, you know, and he hired somebody he knew, uh, Ben Gilbranson, who's a former Oregon state quarterback to be the, who'd been on us, UCLA staff. Um, but not as a play caller, of course, um, as his new OC. And I just, I thought that was a, I thought that was an interesting hire. I mean, I, I would have expected, I mean, given, I mean, look, Gil Branson could absolutely worked out. I thought Bray was like, I was like, they should get somebody with experience, you know? Um, oh yeah. But Oregon state still got enough budget and enough money to likely pay more, um, you know, next season to their staff than, you know, like a lot of other group of five schools. And so they should have been able to go out and raid somebody who's got a good group of five offensive play caller um, out there or go get a really good FCS. I mean, I just, it's, it feels like a huge risk to have a brand new, I mean, you're going into like, yeah, they'll, they will still, even with the roster troubles, probably still likely having more talented roster than a lot of the mountain West, if not all of them, but you know, it feels really, it, that, that's the bummer is it feels really precarious. Like things could go like, instead of going in and just dominating a Mountain West schedule, they could be, they could take some L's. Yeah. The, I think the good news for Oregon State and certainly for Washington State, you know, we're, we're zeroing in on Oregon State because I think the fallout has been uh, more public than I think Washington State has been, but they've made really good hires and, they, and even the hires that haven't made, or haven't worked out. You yeah. know, uh, looking at you, uh, Gary Anderson, you know, at the time that looked like a smart hire, you know, it didn't work out for you stole Wisconsin's coach, bit, but he <laughs> had the truck. Yeah, I know that that's the crazy thing. Um, and maybe there's stuff behind the scenes that we didn't see. I mean, clearly he has left a cratering hole everywhere he's gone ever since, but at the time it was a good, it was a good hire. Obviously, uh, Riley, you know, was uh, carried the program for a while. Dennis Erickson was there. Jonathan Smith. They've made really interesting and or good hires back to back to back, like for a long period of time. And Washington State has too. Yeah. So I'm I'm more uh, I wouldn't say confident. You know, the other thing that sucks is they just redid their entire stadium, and now they're going to make like no money from, from the Mountain West. But uh, I'm 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 worried 
But I'm also, I do think that the track record is there, at least on the football side for both of those programs, uh, to take this seriously and to make the most of where they're yeah. at. And and frankly, they have had to do more with less, I mean, their entire career, right. you know, basically the entire time of the Pac-12. So, I mean, they will go into, um, Washington's- they will go into the, the Mountain West with, you know, a bigger, you know, alumni base, you know, than a lot of those schools in the Mountain West. Um and more engaged fans and that kind of thing. It's just, I mean, where we are in the first five years and where we are in 10 years, like I'm just, I'm like, yeah, like my hope for them is that they do great and find their way back into the power four, which is what it's going to be next season. Right. Like, (laughs) um, you know, I think for, or that they're just so dominant, they become like the Gonzaga of college football, right? Like, um, and are able to just continually like get into what a playoff that should be more open, you know, to, at least with one spot, um, you know, going to a program outside the power four. Um, but it is like, I mean, it feels like we're, I mean, it feels of course, more, more troublesome for Oregon state because you lose Jonathan Smith, right? Like, I mean, Washington state still has their head coach losing Jonathan Smith really hurts for Oregon state. Cause not only was, not only did you like lose your head coach in a time of transition, he's also an alum who's like, who is one of the better head coach. I mean, they've had some really good head coaches, but is one of the better head coaches, you know, hires that they've found in a while. Right. Um, yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. It, it's crazy. And then like, you know, shifting over to the transfer portal, uh, you know, obviously there's some big names, but the quarterbacks, have, I mean, just it's, it, it's hard not to start with the quarterbacks. It's such an important position in college football and in football in general. And you have so many freaking quarterbacks like Dylan Morris transfer portal. Um, Sam Jackson just yeah. hit the transfer portal. Like some of these like, have happened like really recently, yeah. right? Um, Sam Levitt has gone from Michigan state to ASU, which is, which is interesting. Um, what's the one, uh, the guy that we always actually don't think is really good. Ty Thompson, yeah, Ty transfer Thompson. portal, Adian Childs, transfer portal cam ward it's interesting it's funny because cam ward is like setting the market for nil right now in terms of a quarterback like he's going to miami and florida state he's he's visiting miami tomorrow and florida state maybe the day after yeah and he's i think he's visiting miami with another transfer like they're on the same trip which is bizarre (laughs) yeah two guys that are just like on the campus at the same time um yeah I, i thought it was really interesting that a lot of a lot of the movement at the quarterback position is dependent on how much cam Ward is going to get paid which is really an interesting story from where he came from incarnate word all the way to probably florida state or miami i think that's um i god i hope he doesn't go to miami like what how depressing it's like oh yeah you like you finally made it brother you're gonna play quarterback for checks notes oh no <laughs> right <laughs> there. Well, it's <laughs> crazy too play. i mean like look at chip kelly's like look at chip the like the last three weeks that chip Kelly had, right? Like he beat, he beats USC saves his job probably from like, and then goes out, loses a dumb game to Cal loses his defensive coordinator, loses Dante Moore to the transfer portal. <laughs> I mean, like, UCLA is like taking a step into the pack or into the big 10, like not on the best of foot. No, um, I think the biggest news right now is the uh, the transfer of Dylan Gabriel to Oregon. Um, at first, I'm, I mean, it's Dylan Gabriel. I mean, we we did this with Bo Nix, and clearly it worked out. And I actually think yeah. the more that I thought about this, the more I go, oh yeah, he's probably going to do really well there. But I mean, a fairly like would you just fairly limited? I mean, he's 
he's fine and he can carry a program. And I think in the right system, he makes sense. And that's kind of where I was, I was more bullish after, after, you know, my knee jerk reaction was like, Oh, good luck with that. Um, but man, they really did a good job with Knicks. I think that offensive system, um, has been pretty adaptive to the quarterbacks that they have had. Um, I actually think this is going to work out and which is, which is good. It's a good spot for Gabriel. I think it's a good spot for Oregon. Um, Clearly, Ty Thompson wasn't the future. I mean, I just you, you and I have, have covered this for the last two years. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, he's a five star like on paper, but he I don't I don't think he has it. Um, and I'm curious where he goes. Like, I I mean, definitely group of five, I would assume. Right. Like, I don't see him playing in a power five. And maybe somebody takes a flyer on him. I mean, you could see him landing in like an Iowa State type situation in the power five. Right. Like, I mean, somebody like Iowa State absolutely would absolutely maybe take a shot. I mean, I'm not saying that like Iowa State has a terrific freshman quarterback that they're absolutely all in on. But like yeah. that type of level. Right. Like <clears throat> that kind of a step you know, a step down. It is tough. Cause it's not like DJU who at least had like some game tape and everything like that. Right. Who was also in the portal. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's but right. the, um, but for, for Thompson, like, uh, I mean, you, you know, a place where you could see him land. I mean, if they're just looking to accumulate QBs is, is, or is ASU because he does have some experience with Kenny Dillingham. He's from Phoenix. Um, oh, you know, and I don't think Lev, I don't think Levitt is like, I mean, if I'm Kenny Dillingham, I'm taking as many QBs as I can, you know, fit on the roster, um, given how it went this season. But I, you know, I think the, uh, <clears throat> I think you could like, you could see him now you could see him go to a mountain West school, um, graduate and then transfer again, right? Like try to put up some big numbers and then transfer one more time. I could see that. Um, you know, really working yeah. out for him. Um, but he did not, you know, and, and I do think, I mean, like Dylan Gabriel, I expect to work like Oklahoma. I'm at a pretty good offense. They were number seven and effective pass with beta rank last season. Um, you know, and I think Will Stein has been a revelation as offensive coordinator at Oregon. Like I, you know, Gabriel could have a really, really big year for them. It was a great pickup for yeah. them. I, I was like really interested in, in whether they would go after him, obviously when, I mean, this is before the news was like, immediately their name is a t- is tied to him when he hits the yeah. portal. So kind of seemed like that was a done deal. But before I'm like, Oh, that'd be a good fit for him. Um, Sam Levitt, right. The Michigan state quarterback, four-star guy um, going to ASU. I didn't watch. I'll tell you, look, I, I watched Washington beat the crap out of Michigan state. That's the only Michigan state yeah. game I've watched all year. Um, is that, what, what did you think about? That? I mean, like to your point, stockpiling quarterbacks, probably a good idea. Um, the least surprising transfer for me this entire year was Drew Pine going out of ASU. Yeah. And I think that's more on Drew Pine than ASU, right? He was so annoyed to be in that football game against USC, like just painfully annoyed. Like when I have to, um, like when I'm standing in line at a bank, yeah. like I actually have to walk into a bank for some reason. I'm like, why? I don't want to be here. Like what? I mean, as bad like, as it was, like, like, and it was bad. Like he still couldn't basically get on the field. So yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he's out, but what did you, you think about the Sam Levitt transfer to ASU? I, mean, I think it's fine. I mean, he was bad at Michigan State, but the whole team was bad. It's hard to sort of isolate how much was him and how much was <laughs> a team that basically imploded and like even under Mel Tucker never quite had an offense that worked anyway. Um, you know, like mostly, I mean, I think if Dillingham can get, I think Dillingham's a good offensive mind. I think not having Bo Baldwin as OC is a good plan. Um, they did get, Oh, I forget his name. It was the UNL Marcus Arroyo 
who I liked. I mean, he was good. Oh, they got Marcus Yeah, yeah he was good. He wasn't great at Oregon, but he was really good. And that's a good hire for them, I think. And it's a hell of a lot better than Bo Baldwin. Um, yeah. So you get, I mean, I like the coaching staff on the offensive side of the football. I mean, I think it can work if they get the right personnel in. But like, they, I think they have, I think they have a multi-year slog. I think that they're going to be a bit like Arizona and that it's like, it might be a multi-year slog, like a three-year build on that offensive line. Yeah. Like by the, by the time, by the time they're success, like successful, he's going to look like he graduated from college. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that's how long it's going to take. He looks so young on the field. Like he looks, he looks like a high school Madden player. That's just yeah. like really good at his job. And again, I say this all in love. Like he has done such a good job with ASU. I was so impressed with the way that they played given, given what they had. He went balls to the wall on play calling, yeah. like just doing crazy stuff to, to stay in games. I was super impressed by it. Um, and I really do hope that they're good in the future. Uh, anything else in the transfer portal? I know, you know, USC got uh, like a four-star defensive end. We'll see if he's, yeah, the he's guy good. From I gotta be like, I'm, anchor I'm, down. Yeah. Yeah. Anchor down. <laughs> the, the other player from Vanderbilt is going to be uh, buried in, uh, on the USC depth chart because they can't I can't get excited about um, USC trans- transfers into USC. Like, unless you get like a Jordan Addison type player again, like it just or Caleb Williams like I mean but uh, like the defensive guys that go in there like look and we should talk about it like with Danton Lynn in there like heck yes I think that's a really good hire you know um and I I think that's a move in the right direction you know like I'm less fussed I mean like I'm a little less worried about you know he only has the one year of play calling experience but he comes you know from the nfl from that raven staff you know i, th- I mean i thought it was going to work out when he was hired at ucla given the track record of guys in particular coming off that raven staff that then would go call plays at the nfl yeah um so yeah i think uh i think it, i think it should work you know like and i i think you know that's exactly i mean it's exactly the, like lincoln riley needed to make a change grinch wasn't working i think this was a really good hire then they went out and got the uh, North Dakota State coach to be their like linebackers coach. Assistant. Yeah, yeah. Well, he has you know it's like he has like seven titles. It's yeah, like, it's like um uh the girl from uh the girl from Game of Game of Thrones. There's like sixteen you know <laughs> pre- preambles. King of the Queen of the Andals and the First Men and <laughs> Protector of the Faith. So Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, she who weeps. Yeah. You know, he who celebrates. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it is like, I mean, that, like I do like, and I think that's probably like, they did need to make some changes probably on the defensive staff too. I think, I mean, I'm just, look, I think you can, I think, I think you can go out there and live in transfer world. I'm just, I'm still really worried about Riley and recruiting. Um, yeah, you know, cause like, I don't, I don't, I personally don't think you can, you can put together a championship level offensive and defensive line out of the portal. Um, you know, and I don't think, I don't, I just don't think you can go out there and like, they're all going to be bangers. Right. Like I just, I think you have to, you still have to be able to recruit and develop at the, at the top of college football. But I think that's true for like, of nearly every team like yeah lots of teams take on transfers lots of teams do like and some very successful teams also load up on transfers but like there's also a core of homegrown talent that you have to have there and that's what that's what really worries me about usc is like i don't feel like that there's like a they didn't feel like they were on much of a trajectory of player development no 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 not not (laughs) one bit particularly on the the wide receiver position they've recruited well there and they just 
were not good this year. I mean, it was, it was crazy how disappointing, and a lot of them were transfers. But it was interesting because the transfers pushed out some of the the four star guys that were initially going to be there, and it's just. All right, man, that's choice, but um, but here we are. Dorian Singer, go back to Arizona, uh, man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Go get paid. Like, go, go, get, <laughs> go, go back. Like, Jacob Cowing is going off to the NFL. Like, go back and, and bring bring the playbook with you. Well, not you know? only that, like, but like, you know who's starting the game? We talked about this. You know who is starting the bowl game is Miller Moss. It's it's Miller Moss time. Yeah. Yeah, I already bet. Not on that. Malachi yeah. Nelson, <laughs> who apparently just That's like, too. and there was like a, a an interview with Riley where he talked about him just not progressing this year, and I'm just like, oh man, like. That's two five stars in Los Angeles that just did not show up. Basically, um, Dante Moore, who obviously was thrown into the fire, um, but Malachi Nelson, the fact that he couldn't break uh, the the quarterback position. Fighting Miller Moss is really worrisome. So, and you're I'm, not I'm you don't hear USC as like Cam is Cam Ward visiting USC. Like you don't hear them tossed around in the transfer portal. And I'm not, I am not some transfer portal insider. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> like the the finger in the wind is about all I got with the transfer portal. Um, but I you don't hear them mentioned. <clears throat> you know, along with any quarterbacks, um, you know, in the port. And so it, it could be Miller Moss and it, I mean, it could be, that's bonkers to me that they could go in the next season with like Nelson and Miller Moss. Malachi Nelson. And yeah, I'm trying. So I want, I'm going to go, let, let's, let's just t- top through all the, this is November 30th, but let's, let's try ESPN. Hold on. I want to see the best quarterbacks in the NCAA transfer portal and just, Let's just do let's just do an exercise here of who we think would be worth it, right? So Cam Ward, obviously. Oh, this is an EN. Get out of my face, ESPN Plus. Shut up. You send me so many ads. Hopefully, <laughs> we get this. <laughs> I'm disgusted with this. Get out of my face. All right. Um. So Cam Ward, who we think is going to to the state of Florida. Dylan Gabriel already locked in. Yeah. I mean Kyle McCord, but I don't think like look. I don't think Kyle McCord is good. I think he's fine. But we watched him. I've watched a lot of Ohio State, and that offense is. You had Marvin Harrison he's, Jr. He's likely and, going to Nebraska. I mean, that's good for him and good for Nebraska. But like, I mean, I wouldn't go play in a Matt Rule offense. But <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, is Satterfield still there too? I yes. think that's, that's a massive problem. Oh, good job. Yeah, like, it's like when somebody just predicted that Dylan Rayola, who was a five-star quarterback committed to Georgia, is going to flip to Nebraska, and I'm like who's advising these kids like that's like why why would you do that to your why would you do that to yourself i don't care how much money nebraska offers you like like don't if you have other options don't do that it's like when uh um graham uh the former uh, oc at usc graham harrell yeah and then like uh and then it was a tj some one of the usc players followed him like you saw you already saw what this was, right? Why would you go? Why follow that it makes no sense. But um, so yeah, uh, DJU. Oh no, I don't think he's I mean, an upgrade over. Yeah. I mean, I like I think tools wise, he's an upgrade mm-hmm. over Moss, but like he's gonna throw more, maybe more. I don't know if it's an upgrade overall. You're not probably scoring many more points. <laughs> now we're getting down to like Will Howard. Oh, Grace Grayson McCall. I mean, totally. I mean, but those guys, those guys run totally different offenses. Those guys are going to be best in totally different offenses than Lincoln Riley runs. Like Will Howard and Grayson McCall, you to really utilize.
utilize them to their full potential, you need to have like QB power in your arsenal. And that is not something Lincoln Riley runs a lot of. Like he would have to rethink. So UCLA, right? And that the move. Oh, dude, those guys would alignment. crush it. At the, they'd be like, uh, they'd be like mobile Wilson spite, Wilton spite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly could run some QB power. <laughs> yeah. I think that, I think that'll be interesting to see if they pick up one of those guys because clearly like Dante with Dante Morgan and I didn't think he was good anyway, at least this freshman here looked terrible. And I mean, uh, obviously the guy from Kent state didn't work out. And then you're getting down to what's his face, the the Washington transfer that also wasn't very good. I mean, I Garbers, yeah. I'm curious to see if one of the <laughs> yeah they got nobody there, man. Like and, and that whole team just collapsed on itself. Like I just it's bonkers because like we were talking the, about the four schools go like I mean it's Oregon, Washington are sitting kind of pretty going into the Big Ten, and they're getting like <clears throat> the discount forever. I mean they're getting half off for a long time. <laughs> That's right. Till the next deal gets signed. And then you know, like the schools with the schools going into the schools going into the like I mean, I guess it's sort of true, like ASU and Colorado them figured out, but Arizona and Utah do. Um right now heading into the Big Twelve, right? And USC and UCLA are just a mess. Yeah. It's funny, like the the Pacific Northwest schools like when you're at the casino, craps at like ten dollars and you get grandfathered in. And all of a sudden you look around and everybody's throwing $50 a bet. And I'm like, yeah, it's the opposite of that. <laughs> like, you know, they very much not grandfathered into this. Yeah. <laughs> they, they got grandfathered in as having to bet $50 all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. This, this stupid, this stupid sport. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's, let's talk. Um, uh, anything else transfer portal related or coach coaching related? Uh, Cause we haven't talked about the championship game yet. I mean, I think Pat Shermer is now like the full-time OC at Colorado um, for better or worse. Uh, oh no. Yeah. Why? Well, I mean, the, Did you get anybody else? No, oh, they, yeah, they yeah, decided yeah, to go with, question. they decided that that was the way they wanted to go. Now they did land. Now they did land the top five-star off- offensive tackle. Like they did pull that out of their hat. So congrats. I mean, they need them to play right away. But even that, like guys like that are going to be like, it takes a little bit for guys to do de- offensive linemen to develop. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't expect him to like show up and be like a star. I mean, maybe, well, five star, you know, maybe you are a star on day one. Um, he, well, maybe push, pushing back a little bit, but, but also agreeing with you, he could be the best lineman right now on the team. Yeah. Like, oh, I think yeah. that's fair. Yeah. But that could, I mean, is that, Third, is that honorable mention Pac-12 or Big 12? Or, yeah. You know, like that's kind of mm, for the freshman. Yeah, you're right. It, it takes a while to, to get yeah. locked in. I mean, look, I mean, like, I guess like that's all a transfer portal. I mean, I, I think, I mean, unless <laughs> I mean, there's some other names. I think like maybe ah, I can't remember. No, that's it. When we'll when, come back and catch it up later. Yeah. I mean, it's never good when you when you mention uh, uh lake at washington and you make any comparisons to him and other coaches oh yeah uh, but what but when he was like we found our defensive coordinator and it's the best one in the country right in house and it's bob gregory yeah. like, that strikes me as the same type of hire as what coach prime is doing for the offensive coordinator at the university of colorado that is that is super worrisome to me yeah i mean it's, i mean like <clears throat> They're still going to have a lot of problems next season, right? I mean, it's not 
they they were better than they were last year this year and they'll be better than they were this year next year but i don't i don't know if they're going to be like challenging anybody for a, i mean maybe they sniff a bowl next year i could see that maybe yeah that, i think a big maybe with four question marks yeah um all right let's get to the pac-12 championship and let's talk some bowl games and let's do it right after this all right we're back we're talking pac-12 football we didn't talk about the championship last week because we had some uh, work stuff come up washington 34 oregon 31 um, two things jumped out for me. This game was extremely physical from Washington's standpoint yeah. now with how they handled uh, Oregon's uh, both sides of the line uh, against Oregon. That was that was surprising. I mean, yeah, I would say it's surprising uh, because of the the high quality opponent that they played. Like if they pushed around Colorado or Stanford or you know even some of the mid level uh, Pac twelve teams. Uh, I wouldn't have been as surprised, but the fact that they went against a team that is is very physical and really took care of business against Oregon was was really impressive. The second thing for me was the wide receivers finally showed up. Right, yeah. we made a big deal in our breakdown of okay, it's been Roma Dunze and and nobody, and uh, Polk and McMillan both either got healthy or they took some shots. <laughs> like yeah. something happened where he took some horse tranquilizers. <laughs> yeah, that's right, and. That's great news for Washington, and we'll we'll talk about the game looking forward. But because if they're if they're really on top of it, and, and it, like they have weeks to heal now, and yeah. I think Penix, we said we said we think Penix was hurt. Uh, I think those wide receivers were were banged up, and you know Penix didn't have the best game in terms of the stats, but he was able to move the ball down the field enough, and and just the fact that they were able to run for 152 yards, it's just that's impressive. Like this team looked really good. They did. And, and in Oregon, I mean, Oregon basically had a game plan to take away Odunze. Like, they played a light box all game. They didn't go away from it. Even when Washington was, you know, running the ball. Now, Washington, I mean, even with you take away the two sacks, um, you know, but they finished, you know, overall their two sacks and they really finished with 4.2 per carry, which isn't outstanding. Um, but... <clears throat> They were able to run the ball in particular early. Um, and Oregon, again, like they stuck with doubling Odunze and basically daring Washington to beat them running the football and, and, and throwing it. And look, Oregon came back and made a game of it. And then Washington turned the gas on again, like just absolutely yeah. left him in the dust. Um, and that's like we talked about, like, I mean, it's there's no two ways about I mean, like, I mean, Washington fans will tell you, like, this has been the team all along, right? Like, and they, like, no, just, they're like, wrong. They're wrong. No, I, I know. I, I mean, like, I love this team. Yeah. This is like, I mean, they're like, they're just super clutch. And I'm like, yeah, this, yeah, this team also, like, com- like, kind of sucked for six weeks. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, not, they were good enough to win, but that's about all. And that, like, that I think is like we'd been because we talked about like I mean Washington had an opportunity against Utah to go in like Utah is has a really good run defense they have a suspect pass defense sometimes I mean and um you know they had a chance to go in and really you know drop the hammer on Utah at home and they didn't right like yeah. I mean Utah you know, Utah put it like in Utah put up 28 points in the first half. They didn't score in the second half, but I mean, you you also gave up you 28 to Utah and a half, which not many teams did this season. <laughs> and so, like, I they just they 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 didn't put on the gas the whole second half of the season, and 
it just, I mean, it is, it, it, this Washington team is, is, is kind of an enigma going, I mean, and you could also argue, I think Texas is a little bit too, because of the, um, the injury they had at QB. Um, they played some games that were closer down the stretch a little bit too, but, um, yeah, I mean, this Washington team is a bit of an enigma for me, right? Like, what are we going to get in the playoff? Are we going to get the team that kind of like scuffled along against ASU? But I mean, look, I mean, all credit to them. They dropped a hammer on Oregon. Like it wasn't, this game wasn't as close as the previous game. Like Washington was able to, I mean, like, and for lack of, I mean, they just had a better game plan and executed it. Like, and I, that's what I think I was most surprised at is like Oregon's offensive game plan wasn't was probably I think the worst one and Washington very much had it like it was if Washington kind of knew what Oregon's game plan was going to be coming in because Washington's defense is is okay they're like 25 overall in beta rank that's kind of better than sunny side of the middle in the power five um, as a defensive unit but they had a good game against this Oregon team yeah and I thought they had a really good game plan they knew they knew what Oregon was going to try to do and they had a plan to stop it the first quarter was incredibly impressive right it was three and out three and out and they scored like i mean on their end washington scoring they put up 10 points yeah and just just stone cold and that was the game like i mean i mean obviously the rest of the game matters yeah but just the fact that they were in control from that much and like you mentioned oregon did come back but just the having those 10 points right off the bat and then being able to be yourself on offense yeah. and still pushing around the lines. I mean, like the game was kind of baked from there. Now it's possible that that Oregon came back and won, but I, I just I was watching it the whole time, thinking this is a good game. But I feel like Washington's the better team here, and I just I'm really excited to see them full health against Texas. Like that's going to be a really good game. Yeah, and there's a reason that line is four, right? I mean, it, on paper, it opened I, five I was talking and to some people I that are like five. Um, oh snap! So it's it's popped down. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's not, it's not, I mean, I wasn't so like, I mean, people should not be surprised at that line. That's a, like, that's a, about where beta rank had it. Right. It was like about in that same spot um, where Texas is favored. I mean, Texas is a, Texas is a good football team um, and Washington amongst the, I mean, because of how they played down the back stretch with the exception of that or with truly the exception of that Oregon game and the Pac-12 championship, how they played down the stretch. Like they are, the like they are undefeated uh but they are the probably either in 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 vegas power ratings and i think in all the advanced stats like they are the lowest rated of the power of the the playoff teams um coming in and like that's like the washington offense we saw against oregon which we felt like we hadn't seen in mo- yeah. literally months since they last played the ducks I mean, they got to have that show up, but like this Texas defense is really good. Like this is, this is, you know, this, this Texas team, like the offense has been in and out this season for them, but the defense is really good. And it is one of those ones that I think will be interesting because I thought Washington had a really good game plan for Oregon. I do. Um, and both of these staffs are going to have like, that's the, the fun of the playoff semifinals is that the staffs have time to, to really plan. Yeah. And so you have Sark and DeBoer with like three weeks I know, to but, just cook up stuff. Well, you got Kwiatkowski so cool. too on the, yeah, t- that's right. <laughs> like, so that, like that's the one like Washington fans, the name for the blast from your past is like the DC at, at Texas. And he has fully turned that defense around. Um, 
And like, you will hear people say that like Texas has a suspect pass defense. Like that's wrong. Um, if people are telling you that they're looking at per game metrics and per game metrics are for dummies. Um, so like at a yards per on a yards per attempt basis, Texas has a really good pass defense. So like, if you're looking at like, they give up so many yards a game, like, Oh, they faced a bunch of teams that throw the ball around like that. Welcome to big 12 football y'all. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but on an actual per attempt basis, like Texas has a pretty good pass defense. So, and they have a really good defensive line. Like it's going to be the best defensive line Washington has faced up to this point this season. So I'm, I am excited for this, but like Washington, like, I think, I think what really impressed me was like, as someone that has, you know, uh, as tra- I mean, like Oregon was surging as, as Washington was kind of scuffling along, Oregon was playing really, really well down the back half. So when they came back and took the lead, it felt like, like Washington had maybe, you know, um, you know, fired their shots, right? Like they the powder magazine yeah. might've been dry. Right. And like now Oregon, the Oregon that we've seen steamrolling people, you know, and, and Washington to their credit, absolutely had answers. Like that was inc- like that part to me was yes. The beginning I think was impressive. They came out and they looked really dominant, but after Oregon came back and then Washington was able to like really find answers and Oregon, it turned out had none. That was what I, I think was most impressive to me um, about the game, but you're going to have, I mean, they're absolutely going to have to have everyone show up here. Um, cause like the other part is, is like, man, the, like I said, like the, the semifinals with a month to plan tend to have more of a coaching and game plan influence to them. than I think like the final does the final, everybody's got a week, right? Like it's like, all right, we're off. Like, and nobody's yeah. like doing much advanced scouting. Like you're all of your planning is going into that semifinal game. I think of like, um, all those ones that Clemson was in with Brent Venables, <laughs> you know, who also had a reputation for sign stealing. <laughs> um, but like Venables, like usually had really, really good game plans. Um, and if you got somebody that can put together a really, really good game plan, and that's like, I mean, Washington had a really good game plan on short notice for Oregon. I'm interested to see, you know, what it is going to be against Texas. Cause like that, uh, I fully expect Sark who had, I mean, like you look at that Alabama game, he had a magnificent game plan offensively for Alabama. Um, you have time to plan for this, right? Like, and Quickowski's going to have time too. like Washington's going to have to play at their best. I think. Yeah. No, it's it's such a fun and it's funny because Alabama looks like the odd team. I mean, it's such a bummer that Florida State oh. that their quarterback got hurt because that team was rolling and I still think they deserved a spot, but that's been covered like, you know, ad nauseum for the last two weeks. Uh and again, I mean, not not that I'm bitter about the twenty five to one <laughs> or anything. Uh but I'm so pissed about that. Um but uh but Alabama looks like the dumb boring team in this in this playoff, right? Because Texas earned it. Right. Washington is uh, electric when they're healthy and they're going to be healthy. Right. And and Michigan has just been a, a monster basically all year. And then Alabama is actually the team where you go, I don't know, like Jaden Melrose and uh, the defense is fine. It's good. I mean, but at the same time, uh, I mean, obviously them beating Georgia was super impressive, but like the whole sec ain't played nobody this yeah. year. Like, I mean, like uh, there's really, there's, there's nothing there. I, I'm, I'm obviously they're really good. And obviously you know, they're, they're a team that, you know, there's a reason that they're in the playoff. Like their defense is excellent yeah. and they have offensive pieces, but it just kind of seems like that you know, every year there's like, eh, yeah, I guess that team's in and that that's Alabama this year, which is um, yeah. three out of four, I guess ain't bad. It'll be interesting. I mean, like <laughs> it'll, it's an interesting, it's an interesting year because 
right now, I mean, and look, nobody's, this is not, this isn't 2019 where you have like some, and we talked about this coming into the season, like it was going to be pretty wide open. Um, and I mean, Michigan is at four in beta rank and they're the highest ranked team in the playoff, right? Like Georgia, <laughs> like Oregon was going to be favorite. Oregon had they won the PAC 12 title would have been favored over Michigan and by Vegas, right? Like some some books have put out, you know, like, you know, sort of like look ahead type lines, um, you know, like, uh, Georgia, you know, Georgia, Georgia was, we talked about this when we previewed the sec title game, like Alabama is a really bad matchup for Georgia, right? Like Georgia has a bad run defense. Alabama runs the ball really well. You know, um, Alabama, Georgia likes to throw the ball. Alabama has a really good pass defense, <laughs> you know, like this is, this is a bad matchup. Um, that is not Michigan, right? Like, but I mean, like the, the thing that makes this playoff interesting is like, nope, there's no, there's no juggernaut in this playoff. There's nobody that's so good that you have to be excellent to be in it. Right. Like Washington, yeah. even though they are one of the lower ranked teams in beta rank to make the playoff, you know, like they're, they're absolutely in it because like, this is not like, there's, there are no, there are no great teams this season in college football to begin with. Um, and so if you're Washington, like you can line up and go toe to toe with Michigan, right? Like, um, you know, they're not that much, like they don't grade out that much better than you. Like, even though they are at four, like they're not at number one, like in like some clear margin or anything. And, um, you know, Texas has been really good, but like their offense is at 16 in beta rank, right? Like it's, they're not, they're not some monster, <laughs> you know, like yeah. that, that's, what's interesting about this season. Like any one of these teams, you know, could win. I mean, like, the, you know, the margin between these teams, this isn't like, I mean, like TCU needed it. it. It felt like, I mean, a ton of luck. I mean, goal line stands, turnovers, you name it against Michigan to get that win, right? And then it, that, there was no luck left against Georgia. <laughs> you know? Like, this is not like that, right? Like, they're not going to be <clears throat> so far. They're not going to need, like Washington, if Texas finishes mine and was one on turnovers, Washington is like right in it, if not a slight favorite with, you know, if, if that like Alabama, if Michigan finishes minus one on turnovers, like they're right in it too. Um, even though I do think like in a pure power ranking, you put Washington or I mean, Alabama and Michigan pretty close together, but I actually think it's a really bad match. This is a funny one. This is a, the opposite. It's a really bad matchup for Alabama because um, they don't defend the run terribly well. Michigan just loves to run the football, of course, and they defend the run really well. So that'll be, I mean, like you give Nick Saban time to game plan. He could tighten this up a little bit, but like beta rank actually thinks Michigan's a pretty sizable favorite. Oh, that's interesting. Cause like, I don't think the spread. No, no, that, that one's actually a tighter match. spread, <laughs> but like, again, you look at the, like the actual matchups on that one. And, um, it's a, this is a much t- like this, like, whereas everything broke Alabama's way with that matchup against Georgia, like with what they were good at and everything like this one's the opposite. Like this breaks very much against Alabama's favor. Well, let, let's talk about a few more bowl games here um, this week. So we have UCLA, Boise State, and Cal at Texas. Or Cal at Texas, very much not at Texas Tech. Although Shreveport, you know, the, <laughs> it's got a little bit of uh, Lubbock to it. Um, That's a long drive from Lubbock too. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not close. <laughs> One state away, and so far, it's like the most red, like like going from one side of Russia to the other side of Russia. That's like basically <laughs> Lubbock to Houston. <laughs> that's what it feels it's like. A, it's like, it's like oh, there Vladivostok yet? to the Polish border. Like <laughs> it's really freaking hard. 
Um, let's talk. Look, buyer beware at all these games, right? Like, you know, do, do not do not gamble on these games unless you know that a team does not care, um, or or you know both teams care and they're all full strength and they're all playing. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like the two the two uh, areas where this would make sense. Uh, and, and here, point point A, you know, UCLA, right? Is Chase Garber's playing. I would assume so. Um, who's the defensive coordinator on this team now? Oh. Um, and and Boise State uh, didn't they? Did they just make a hire? I know they fired uh, the former uh, Oregon DC. Yeah, they did. They fired uh, Andy Avalos. Have... Um, good lord, did they actually make a hire? It's been. I miss the days when this was the uh, like the New Me- the the underwear New Mexico Bowl. Like, come on, let's like when we t- I don't think to L- they, uh... LA. This is the part that blows me away. Spencer Danielson has been elevated to the permanent head coach. I forgot that about sounds that. sounds unfortunate. Well, I mean, it's just that, weird. That, You're like the guy that like basically like played out the string and, you know, did, did win the Mountain West championship. <laughs> but like, like Avalos would have done that too. <laughs> and then you just <laughs> like... It's one of those like we like either your staff, but we don't like you. Maybe I don't know. I'm I'm interested because so. I mean, the Boise State now is not the Boise State of you know past years, eight and five, six and two in the Mountain West, but they play this UCLA team that I don't know who their quarterback is. I don't know how motivated they're going to be. The defense is really good though. Like, but but the thing the thing that drives me nuts is like Chip Kelly does not care. No, about many things <laughs> like many aside from the, the food budget at UCLA. I don't know if the LA bowl against Boise state is, is one of the things he's going to care about, but I do think that they're going to run the ball. And I do think that the defense will be like at least decent. Yeah. And they are, you know, I, I, I don't know if I trust this Boise team and UCLA comes in as a four point favorite. I just I, I need to go back and look at, at Chip Kelly's bowl record, right? Like, does he actually care in in these seasons? Like, this is this something that like he actually goes to war over? I don't think he does. I mean, th- I, this is a this is a game that like if it's on and your in laws are annoying, throw it on. Like, watch it; it'll be fun. But uh, I don't think there's a real edge here. What, what, do, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Beta Rank likes Boise State forty one. Um, basically 41.36 to 36.75. Um, you know, Boise state comes in at 29 overall in beta rank, which honestly is as good as they've done in years. Like, I'm just like, I was a little surprised at the Avalos move. I mean, it like, um, but they get a, they get a UCLA team. That's number eight overall in defense, but without their DC in place. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> um, they're number and they're at seven in effective defending the pass. They're at eleven in effective rush. Like this Boise State offense, like they run the ball. This is a thirteen overall in effective rush. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm like I don't think Latu is going to play in this bowl. Like I mean, like whoever the opt outs are on that front seven is going to be a really big determinant on how this goes. Um, but this UCLA offense is putrid. They're at eighty one overall in beta rank. Um, they're 54 at effective rush versus 99 in effective pass. This Boise State defense is at three in effective rush. They're at 35 overall oh. versus 89 in effective pass. Um, UCLA has a putrid kicker. They're at 123 overall in special teams. Like, I just, 
I, I like Boise. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, you got me. You got me on that. And and like, you know, Chip Kelly's only been. I think how long has he been coach? It's probably been since 2018. Yeah. Is that right? I mean, 20. Yeah, because they fired. Yeah, last because uh, the last year was 2017 of um, Jim, uh, J- J- Mora. Mora, Jim Mora. Yes. Jim Mora. Yeah. Yukon's U- Yukon's uh, favorite. Yes. Okay. He knew, he knew he knew he knew who killed Tupac already. <laughs> so since twenty uh since twenty eighteen, how many bowl games do you think UCLA has been in? Two. Two. <laughs> I'm double checking I'm double checking this right now. But um yeah, because they, they lost a pit. Okay, uh they remember they were six and three. Gosh, the COVID thing just throws me off because why why were they not in a bowl in twenty twenty one? The COVID year was canceled. Without that was the year where Chip Kelly's just like, yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna play in the bowl. Remember, oh, he's yeah. like, yeah, we're not playing the Holiday Bowl, and he and he tells the the, oh, that's the North right. Carolina State team like the day before the that's game, right. which is just crazy to me. Um, yeah, so I mean, like it's a little it's a little misleading, right? Because UCLA has been decent during Chip Kelly's tenure, but they didn't play a bowl game in, in COVID. They lost to that stupid was it a Sun Bowl? That stupid game against Pitt last yeah. year where. DTR was in the game and he threw for like 200 yards and he threw the ball in the dirt like 17 times. Yeah, Boise, good call, good call. I think Boise's the the. There's the no part there. like they're not even in a hurry. Like Chip Kelly is like basically like we're starting the process of hiring a defensive coordinator. <laughs> like, dude, what are you? Like signing day is like days away. <laughs> I can't believe they didn't fire him. Like just, I just think that that's like, really so dumb. Like, what are we doing? So stupid. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna miss this conference so much, Rob. Like just all these just ridiculously obvious. It's not decisions. gonna be fun when it's like I mean, ever you're gonna be like you're gonna be telling these jokes about like Chip Kelly to people in the Big Ten, and they're not. Well, they're mostly just not gonna care, right? Like they're not. Like, we really like to run the football, right? I mean, like, <laughs> you know, like nobody's gonna care about Phil Knight money jokes or Chip Kelly only recruits on, recruits on Tuesdays or. No, Any of that. I live good. in Columbus, Ohio. Um, they, they don't. They don't even. They don't even care what I was doing. To be honest, they only care. It's basically like it's basically well, like Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State. That's it. The, them and most of the country, except for every four years for like two days, yeah. <laughs> and then the, the whole. Well, it'll be interesting. Is like who does Iowa hire as their offense like that? Yeah, bring me that. That's the fun story. The the power move, like just the just the every, you know everything on the table move would be hiring um the guy that was bc's offensive coordinator this Ooh. year like that would be so good i i would just do it just just because like fire me what are you gonna do just hire somebody <laughs> that used to call like just hire a defensive coordinator and just be like that's what we're doing like, like, like... <laughs> that's the gist um all right next game cal is playing texas tech in the independence bowl in shreveport Cal is a two and a half point dog and Texas tech has been interesting this year because they've, they've had some high highs and low lows. I mean, obviously everybody that's been listening to this podcast remembers the game that they had against Oregon. They should have won. Um, but then they lost at Wyoming in double overtime. Uh, God bless. I almost said rest in peace. Craig bull. He hasn't died. (laughs) He's just retiring. Um, they got smoked by Texas 57 to seven, but then they beat UCF and Kansas and uh, TCU really isn't all that. Kansas impressive. is a good win. Um, UCF's not bad. Yes. 
I think they beat Kansas with the third string quarterback though, or something like yeah. that. So, um, what, what, what is this Texas tech team now that the, now that the dust has settled? So beta rank's got this. I mean, it's, it's nearly a toss up. It's Cal's at 41 overall in beta rank. Texas, Texas at 43, uh, offensively Cal's improved significantly. They're at 48 overall in beta rank, but, uh, Spadaval's moved on. He's the offensive coordinator at Baylor now. Um, so they are likely without him. Um, now Cal does run the ball more effectively than they throw it. 31 overall an effective rush versus 64 an effective pass. Um, but this Texas tech defense is at 24 overall. They're pretty good, but they are better defending the pass. They're at 13 overall an effective pass versus 44 overall defending the run. So that might be a little bit of an advantage for Cal there. Um, offensively, Texas tech is a pretty bad power five offense, 62 overall in beta rank. 55 in effective rush versus 73 in effective pass. Cal's defense is at 45 overall in beta rank. They're at 29 in effective rush versus 83 overall in effective pass. I I do like um I do like Cal a little bit in this game given given like everything there. I've got it as Cal is a one point favorite here, like 48.1 to 47.85. I mean, not even one point, less than one point, like really a freaking toss up <laughs> in there. I, I think Cal's going to win straight yeah. up. Like this is, this is what Justin Wilcox does. He wins dumb non-conference games yeah. like that, that are like just interesting, that are interesting, but not super interesting. Like th- that's what yeah. he does every, every year. Um, he didn't get Auburn this time, although he almost did. I think he gets Texas tech here. Um, I, I look and I think the interesting thing is he's still a good coach. Um, that's a tough job. And I think we dump on him too much on the podcast because Cal and it's like, you know, they're on a fault line, <laughs> like bankrupt, but they're going to be in the ACC. But, <laughs> yeah. And, and couldn't, and couldn't call offense for years, but I think the offense, I know they have quarterback problems, but they made a serious attempt to actually coach yeah. offense. No, the um, battle hire was inspired. Wilcox, it was a really good hire. Yeah. I think I think it'll be interesting to see what they're able to cook up with like with with the absence there. Um, I'll take Cal. I think that I think they just beat this Texas Tech team. Yeah. I think this is just one of those. This, you know, this is funny. This is like this is the rematch, Rob, of the Aaron Rodgers, um, Mike Leach, Texas Tech Holiday Bowl from like 2002 oh, or whatever, geez. where like the final score was yeah. seven thousand to like seven thousand and one, and Cal. Those Cal teams are really good with Tedford. Um, yeah, that's an interesting poll. Yeah. You know, any anything else in week sixteen? You know, coming up this week that you're interested? Any of the bowl games that that jump out to you? Oh, geez, let me. Those are the only two Pac-12 games. Sorry, I threw that you at did. you. I, you I threw didn't it pull, at me, and I'm like, wait a minute. What I'm 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 like I actually organize. It's my own fault. I organize my man. Beta rank actually had. And like Navy largely outplayed Army and still lost. Like so frustrating. <laughs> oh, that's rough. That's rough. <laughs> um, you know, Jacksonville State, Louisiana should be should be a fun game. Um, Rich yeah, Rod, Rich Rod, and um, ooh, Miami of Miami of Ohio Jack App State. State is fun. New Mexico State, Fresno State should be a good one. Jerry kill Tedford if Tedford was there. That'd been a super fun matchup. Obviously, Tedford's taking a step aside for some health reasons, and I hope he returns as soon as possible because what he's done at Fresno State. I just 
what a cool story. Like if you just look at his coaching history, you're just like, hot damn, man. That's, yeah. that's pretty, pretty good. He fell off a cliff a little bit at the end of Cal when they started, you know, turning the screws on academics. <laughs> but uh, but good for him for being like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> like, I think I'm done here. Um, okay. Yeah, I think that's it too. There's nothing, there's no like really glaring big games. It's more just kind of like hipster games this week. So yeah. let's, uh, let's call it a, uh, let's, let's make it a wrap again. I'm sorry. We're, I'm, I'm not doing the, the, uh, the college football bowl. I might do it just with some friends, but it's just a pain in the butt to pay everybody and to track everything. And like, I get so busy during Christmas yeah. time and then it's like full bore budgeting for nonprofits like forever. So, um, I did. I do pay everybody. I paid everybody last week, last year with interest because I got it to them late. But, uh, uh, but yeah, we're just. I just don't want to make anybody like mad at the podcast because I'm <laughs> underwater with work and like the bowl pool is, you know, with four kids is like the priority seven. It's better. 000, it's so, better to underpromise um, and overdeliver than otherwise, right? Like. That's right. I should mail everybody money first, and then ask them to mail it back. That's yeah. the way it works, right? <laughs> <laughs> mail, mail, mail people um, their winnings and then hold the bowl pool, right? <laughs> that's right. Um, all right, this is everybody. Uh, we'll wrap it up for this week. We will be back next week to talk some bowls, and I'm sure there'll be more transfer news and some probably coordinator hires. And we'll catch you then.